Hello and welcome to the new Bluish podcast, which in my opinion is a giant improvement from my failed YouTube channel that has one video. I'm actually debating on like whether or not I should leave the video up, because it has 50 views maybe, it's not that interesting, and I don't particularly enjoy looking at my own face and listening to my recorded voice at the same time. I can pretty much only do one or the other before I feel miserable. So if you didn't read the description of this podcast, basically it's the same as my blog, also entitled Bluish. Um, plug, you know, go check it out. It's fun. Um, it's basically just going to talk about the environment politics, current events, music, identity, pretty much all the stuff that I'm interested in. And of course, each episode will have some sort of theme to it so that I'm not just talking about a million different things and confusing you. So I figured that we would start today's episode with current events, i.e. the debate and the upcoming... Yes, there will be background noise, just thought I'd you know, put that out there. I live in a very noisy city. As I was saying, we will address the debate and the upcoming youth climate strike on September 20th. Please pull up. I would, I would greatly appreciate it. So the September 12th democratic debate, where do I even begin? It it was entertaining, I can say that for sure. I took notes because I have an unhealthy obsession with politics. So let's let's do a quick recap. What what do we remember? There there was Andrew Yang who has decided to essentially turn his opening statement into a sweepstakes for poor people. Um, Kamala Harris is apparently her only opponent is Trump at this point. Um, Biden is old, very, very old, and very, very stupid. Bernie is also old, but not stupid. I just, I think he should yell less because with each debate, his voice gets increasingly hoarse. Um... I mean, Castro exists, as does Klobuchar. Yeah, that's that's about all I have to say about them. And then there is the love of my life, Pete Buttigieg, who did a fantastic job, as always. There, there's, there were some standouts. Cory Booker did a wonderful job. He did such an amazing job. Warren, I think didn't do as well, which was a shocker to me, and I'm interested to see how that's going to affect her. Um, yeah. I'm I'm clearly a fan of Mayor Buttigieg, but there, there are a few things that I would like to address with almost, almost every candidate. I'm mostly going to end up focusing on Biden because of how much I despise him. But let's let's try let's try to go in order. I took notes in order. 
So I addressed Yang and his weird cash cab-esque vibe from the other night. Cash cab reference courtesy of Trevor Noah because he's hilarious. Let's see. Well, I, I did like that everyone pretty much agrees that we need to focus on uniting the Democratic Party. But that's just not realistic when you have far leftists like me and moderates, centrists who lean a bit left. It's it's very difficult to bring those two groups of people together because even though we both fall under the same party, we operate under entirely different schools of thought. What's next? Biden's obsession with riding Obama's coattails. Even though I don't really like the way Castro behaved during the debate, I will say that he was right in pointing out that every time someone mentioned something good about Obama, Biden must make it known that he was there during his presidency, but if anyone has anything negative to say about Obama, he's most likely going to say, well, that was Obama and not me. So which is it, Joe? Um, Warren dodged questions about middle class taxes going up with her health care plan. No surprise there. Every time a candidate who advocates for Medicare for all is asked about that, they can't seem to come up with an answer. We all know it, that taxes are going to be raised for the middle class. Just admit it. We, we will still like you. We understand that reality, and we are willing to contribute. I say we as if I'm not broke and have a 9 to 5. <laughs> um, I don't have much to say about Klobuchar, but I do really like that she said a house divided cannot stand. But again, I, I just don't know how we're going to pull off this whole unity thing. Beto brought up a possible reparations bill. I like that idea, but I wish that he had defined what what exactly he means by reparations, because whenever we bring reparations into the conversation, people seem to think that reparations automatically means literally going up to every black person that you know and giving them like a hundred bucks. That's not what I think is the most effective method of paying operations. I think that we can, you know, create programs, build things into our pre-existing infrastructure. No, affirmative action is not reparations. Don't... No, it's just not. If it was, then it would not benefit white women more than it benefits anyone else. Because the whole point reparations is to help black people descendants of slaves you know not white women something that I loved someone that I loved rather during this debate was Booker he did an amazing amazing job he pointed out the fact that we have more black people in prison today than there were slaves in 1850 thank you for that and he also Thank the Lord pointed out that environmental injustice is a thing. 
for me as a climate activist that was really important because I'm broke and I'm black and if if you're a black or brown person and you don't have money the climate movement pretty much ignores you and then gets mad at you because you're not saving the turtles with your trendy metal straws that's not the problem here the problem is that low-income communities and communities of color are on average 10 degrees hotter in some areas than you know your affluent fancy white communities that's that's a problem and no one wants to talk about it i also love the moderator who asked harris when you had the power why didn't you try to affect change then in my notes i i annotated that quote with ha 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 harris k clearly i don't like harris i also appreciate pete Buttigieg being honest in saying that if you support trump you support racism meaning that you are a racist because people like to say that it it's possible to have only voted for trump for economic reasons and that not everyone who voted for Trump is a racist but the fact of the matter is that if you voted for Trump you are okay with his racism meaning that you are a racist yourself period I thought Beto speaking in Spanish was funny I love when all all the white boys try to appeal (laughs) to (laughs) the Latinx community with their terrible Spanish accents it's it's a nice sentiment, but you know, it's it's corny. Warren said we're not gonna bomb our way to a solution in Afghanistan. I agree. Y- y'all need to stop. It's it's getting a bit ridiculous. I had to deviate from my fancy podcast voice because I just had to say that. Even though I find Bernie incredibly annoying. I did agree with him when he said, you know, why spend on the military when we don't even know who our enemy is? Because far too often the U.S. gets itself involved in battles and wars and XYZ, you know, for no reason other than personal gain. And then, you know, you get who the enemy is gets all muddled and it's ridiculous. We have our our military priorities all mixed up also love apparently i'm like in love with cory booker because i have so many notes on him and like five notes on everyone else i love that he addressed the fact that factory farming pushes independent family farmers out of business there are about a billion things wrong with factory farming but i think that we don't really talk about the the ethics of agriculture when it comes to human beings we only really talk about the ethics of animal agriculture as it pertains to animals which does make sense but you know people exist as well oh and then right under that i i wrote something about yang's democracy dollars i think yang is a smart person but he's using he's not using his intelligence properly let's just put it that way I also, although I do not like Harris, I do like the fact that 
she plans on investing $2 trillion in HBCUs because no one else wants to fund them. And they don't give people money. And that's why I'm not applying to Howard because I can't pay for Howard because they're not funded well enough to give students the financial aid that they actually need. Period. Um, what else? Oh, and then my favorite part of the debate. Biden's most famous quote, well, it should be his most famous quote, is make sure kids hear words. And that is in response to being asked about his past with civil rights and school segregation. Make sure kids hear words. Good, good job, Biden. I really, really appreciate that. That makes me feel so much safer and more comfortable as a black person who lives in one of the most segregated cities in the country. I really appreciate that so much. So, so, so much. And then my final note is Booker is the only one I trust to deal with school segregation. Not even Pete can do it. I was wondering how I would feel after sleeping on that for a couple days, and for the most part, I still feel the same. I think that none of the white candidates are fit to deal with it. I will forever feel that way. No matter how convincing the argument is, they don't know what it's like to be a student of color in a segregated school. And I think that Booker did the best job of just explaining the ways in which modern-day segregation affects people of color. And I, I just really appreciate the fact that he did that. So, overall, last night's debate was entertaining, informative, and I really do wish that some of the lower polling candidates were doing better because for the most part they did amazing jobs and lovely Joe Biden did not. I mean according to according to, you know, the super duper experts he did, but as a gay black woman I mean, the gayness doesn't really have anything to do with it, but as a black woman I can't really think about who's appealing to the moderates, who's gonna unite the party the most, because it's a life and death kind of thing for me, and it's not for white liberals, and I find that disconnect to be so frustrating because it's really difficult to talk to people who who are white liberals about this issue. They. It's not that they condone racism. Clearly, they're liberals. It's not like our ideals don't align. It's just because they don't have the personal experience, there is a disconnect. And it's frustrating and it's exhausting to try to make them understand because you can't make someone understand something that you've gone through. They're never going to understand it 110% unless they've been through it themselves. That's something that I'm trying to learn, and that's something that I'm going to have to deal with over the course of these next few months until the primaries when Joe Biden wins them. And I get really sad because then, in November, I have to 
unfortunately, just vote for the lesser of two garbage people. I love that. I really love that. So, so very much. But that's enough negativity today. Now we have some positive things about the planet and about the youth in store. So, on to some good news. There is a global youth climate strike happening on Friday, September 20th. For those of you who have absolutely no idea who I am, you probably don't know that I am the school representative organizer for Fridays for Future in New York City. Basically, I'm in charge of making sure that all middle and high school representatives are able to organize their schools for this strike and other future strikes and walkouts. It's amazing. I get to do a lot of outreach, and I couldn't be happier with my position in the organization. When I talk more about how my identity plays into the climate movement at large and just in a more micro sense the organization itself i'll talk about those dynamics but that's not going to happen for a while i would like to be positive after the dumpster fire that is joe biden during every single debate so the strike in new york city it's going to be at 12 p.m in foley square Students and adult allies are all invited. If you are able to come, please do. We would love to see you there. We would love to have as many supporters as possible. This is not our end goal. This is not the only strike that's going to be happening during the 2019-2020 school year. There will be lots of fun climate events that you can participate in between this strike and the next. You can follow me on Instagram at Karma Celci for updates on that or you can just follow at fff.nyc that's my organization's Instagram so it's been relatively easy for me honestly to get my school's administration you know behind this behind this movement they are very much in support of civil disobedience which I appreciate. It makes my job a lot easier because while I'm organizing my own school, again, I'm also in charge of organizing a bunch of teenagers, which is fine, but it's also a lot of work. So basically my process, my personal process was I emailed my principal over the summer, we talked about it in person, I drafted a mass email that's going to get blasted out to all students at my school so that they know what to do, where to go, when to leave, uh, all that kind of stuff, just the logistics, the very important aspects of it so that everyone is accounted for, no one gets lost, etc, etc. Um, and... I was, of course, very happy to find out that the New York City Department of Education is granting all strikers amnesty. I was not really expecting that. I think that 
you know, it's, I feel very lucky to live in an area that is so supportive of protest and of standing up for what you believe in. I know that there are a lot of places where that's just not the case and the complete opposite is their truth and that sucks and I don't think that it's fair. I mean, of course, there are a lot of things with our educational system in this country that are unfair and unjust, but I find that in particular to be disgusting. So again, I'm very fortunate to not have that be the case for me and for my fellow students and fellow strikers. There are, I'm just going to plug some events, well, one event. So the one event that I'm going to plug is that tomorrow from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. there is a last minute art build for the September 20th strike. It is in Thomas Green Park in Gowanus. I'll be there. We can hang out. If you've never met me before, come say hi. We can make clothes, we can make posters, we can make little climate necklaces to hang around if, if we're not, you know, so comfortable with verbal outreach. That way people come to you when they read your climate necklace. And yeah, it's just going to be a really cool day to network, meet new people, access your inner artist. It's it's really amazing. I've been to an art build before and you just feel such a strong sense of community because everyone who's there wants to be there and we're there for the same reasons. And I often find that climate activists are just some of the most peaceful, chill people to be around. They really have such a calming energy, which in times like this, when the world around us is so stressful, you really need. You really need people who are just gonna chill and who are gonna make you feel better and who are going to relax you so i highly encourage you if you're in the area if you're in new york city or you can get to new york city come out to the art build you don't have to stay there for the full six hours if you can come for a half hour cool if you can come for an hour cool if you can come for the whole time awesome stay for the whole time i'll certainly be there for a few hours and i would love to hang out with you there i would love to work on my rather terrible art skills because they just they just suck i'm certainly not a visual artist the performing arts that's really where it's at for me but yeah i think that the climate movement is really picking up i'm proud of my generation i'm proud of myself i'm proud of my friends i'm proud of all of the youth organizers in the core committee of fridays for future they do a lot of intense things and just watching them do what they do is incredible it's so incredible this would not at all be possible without them and they're just some of the coolest people that i've met and i think that's about it for climate stuff i'm just gonna continue to plug the 920 strike on my instagram which again is at karma celsi it's just my name follow me because i i like clout but also i really am just here to spread the word i don't care that much about how many followers i have as long as i know that i'm reaching people by the way because i will not be 
posting again, posting another episode of this before the strike, let me just tell you how you can promote the strike if you choose to do so, which I hope you do. You can tag FFF.NYC in your posts. They might repost something of yours. And make sure that you use the hashtag strike with us. You will certainly reach a lot more people than you might think. It's a great way to just connect with other chapters of Friday for Future, other climate organizations, other social justice organizations. So again, at FFF.NYC is the Friday for Future Instagram. Use the hashtag strike with us. You can follow me on Instagram at Karma Celsi for any and all climate strike updates. If you go to school with me, you know our school-specific Fridays for Future account. Make sure that you're following that as well so that you don't get lost during the strike because that would suck and then I'd feel bad because I organized the thing and now it's like, hey, I lost you. So like, make sure that you stay connected and you stay up to date. Feel free to reach out to me on my socials If you have my school email, cool, you can reach out to me there as well. But just make sure that you stay informed and you stay updated and you stay safe. There will be trained marshals at the strike. So, you know, I hope that that calms your nerves a little. I also forgot to mention that there will be a rally in Battery Park, which we are marching to from Foley Square. Greta Thunberg will be there. She's an amazing person, obviously she you know made the trip out here so come see her come support her there will also be climate scientists performances youth speakers i am not one of them but you should still come don't don't just come because you're friends with me come because you care about the planet and the impact that you have on it also don't just come because greta thunberg is there and she's famous i expect to see you at future strikes that do not involve her she doesn't want fame and fortune she wants to spread her message I'm not making that up. She has said that time and time again. So if you are a fan of hers, then, you know, do that for her. Continue showing up. Continue your activism. So that's about it for Climate Strike Info. Once again, feel free to contact me with any questions, comments, and or concerns about the strike and future climate events. So that's it for the pilot episode of the Bluish Podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed listening and I hope that you stay tuned for future episodes. I also hope that the climate strike portion of this episode has inspired you to maybe become a climate activist or a social justice activist or just get involved in whatever ways that you can about the issues that you care about. Once again, thank you for listening and I will see you next weekend.